listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Thursday. Don't forget, before we jump into things, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com. Our crew of writers have you covered as we approach. It's coming up pretty fast here, less than three weeks away from the new NBA season. Joining me on this Thursday, hasn't been around with me the last couple of weeks. He sold me out and wanted to go with Sabrina. I don't know who, who the hell he was talking to, but Christian Rebus, Christian, he is back. How's it going, my man? It is going. I am happy to be back. Yeah? Well, why'd you diss me the last couple of weeks, man? What's going on with this stuff, right? Is Harrison trying to, oh, trying to kill the Christian and Jazz connection? What's going on here? <laughs> don't yell at me. Yell at Harrison. He's involved. <laughs> he's, he's in charge of the schedule. I podcast with whoever he asked me to podcast with. Joss, I, I, I promise you, if I had it my way, I would be podcasting with you every week. <laughs> you know what? That makes me feel good. Even though I know you're lying, I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, lots of news going on. Lakers have had their, their media day availabilities. Obviously not the same with, with the pandemic going on, doing it online. Uh, I'll touch on you with that because I know you've, been, you've hopped on a, a couple of the calls with them. Uh, first off, AD, if you haven't heard, Anthony Davis, uh, five-year, $190 million extension. No surprise when he, when he opted out. I mean, we kind of knew it was – he was going to come back. He was going to sign with the Lakers long-term. Um, going to start off paying about $32.7 million for this coming season. It'll end up going up to just over $43 million for the 2024-25 season. Uh, LeBron James, they're going to be around together at least for the next three years. We know that. Uh, what do you think about the contact, uh, contract, Christian? Is it just something that was a formality? Like, there's no surprise by this, right? Oh, I, I actually disagree. I am stunned that Anthony Davis signed for five years. Like really? the, the money he's leaving on the table for not opting out in two years when he's going to be eligible for that 35% max contract is not a little bit of money. It's probably more money than I'll make in my lifetime, uh, which is, I mean, okay, Christian, that can Jared, be Jared, of, Dudley, Jared Dudley is going to make more this year than you in your <laughs> lifetime too. Let's not get carried away. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say uh but yeah it is uh it it surprised me a whole bunch it was it's funny there is crazy wind where i live right now and i got so bad that my power went out last night and i was freaking out like genuinely freaking out because i knew media day was today uh my phone was dying my laptop was dead uh and so it's hard to to write during covid because you can't go to the library or a starbucks to just sit down and write you don't have electricity in your home so i was freaking out i was trying to figure out what i was going to do if i was going to write in my car or, or or do something else use the car charger there um at like 3 30 a.m the power turns back on and i'm like okay thank god i'm gonna go to bed sleep well if i had stayed up an hour later I would have been able to react and be sh- as shocked as everybody else was that Anthony Davis resigned on a five year deal. Uh, granted, it's a early termination option in, in that last year, but to have Anthony Davis in a in a Lakers uniform for the next four seasons, he's only twenty seven years old, is the the biggest signing the Lakers have had since. I mean, really, only two summers ago with LeBron James, but even b- before that, it was it was a while since the Lakers have had a a big fish like this one. Yeah. And it, you know, it, you're right. I mean, you go to, <clears throat> pardon me, looking, look to do the, the, the one and one. And, you know, like you said, like kind of how 
not really committing to the long term. But to me, I, I look at it, AD is going to be the face of the franchise for, you know, what are we looking at? Another seven, eight years, you, you would say? I mean, I, I don't think anything's going to go wrong with the Lakers. Over the, if you have Anthony Davis, you're going to be a playoff contender. I mean, right. even with the Pelicans, they weren't uh, a great team by any means, but they were floating around the, the, uh, the top eight. I mean, it didn't really get in every time, and, and AD had some injury problems there too. But uh, to me, this, this kind of signals like, okay, we got the guy we're going to transition with from LeBron into Anthony Davis whenever LeBron rides off into the sunset. And this is kind of something they weren't able to do with Kobe, right? Obviously a di- completely different regime in terms of general manager, even with um, – you know, ownership is a little bit different with uh, Jim Buss not being as involved. But, th- you know, they, they didn't have a succession plan for Kobe. It was basically like, all right, Kobe's going to go. We're going to pay him like, you know, like they gave LeBron the big contract, although obviously LeBron uh, performing at a higher level than, than Kobe was towards his last couple of years. But they didn't have anybody there. So for me, this is like, all right, even, even when LeBron decides to hang him up, we have Anthony Davis here. Players are going to want to not only come play with Anthony Davis, they're going to want to come play in Los Angeles, right? We know that as well. Um, so to me, this kind of sets up the, the, the future uh, of the franchise. When you're, you know, when you're looking at AD as a player, do you think he's reached his, his maximum potential yet? Or do you think he still has another level he can go to? I, I think the next level he can go to has to do with his jump shot. And I think we saw in the playoffs that, it just seemed like he couldn't miss from anywhere on the floor. Like the numbers or, or I should say how efficient he was from mid range has only been rivaled in the postseason by Kevin Durant, who is, you know, arguably the greatest scorer, pure scorer of all time. Um, he's, it, it's just crazy. I, I don't know if that had to do with the Lakers or just the NBA, not playing in front of fans. I don't know if it was the environment or the rims in the bubble, but it was something that the NBA NBA fans in general had not seen from Anthony Davis yet. If that is the player he's going to be for the next four years, somebody that's just automatic from everywhere on the floor, then yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be gunning for he, he's gonna be in the conversation for the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, you name it, every every, every year. So. Again, he's only 27 years old, uh, is just entering his prime. The fact that the Lakers are going to have him locked, him locked up for his prime years and who knows when LeBron is going to start declining. Uh, it doesn't look like it's anytime soon. If you have those two guys on your roster, you, I, I think you're going to be just fine in the Western Conference. Yeah, AD, AD, you know, between 16 feet and the three-point line shot, 55% in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. And, hey, we, cons- we consider that a bad shot <laughs> right now, you know what I yeah. mean? But he shot 55.2% from that range. So, obviously, he was doing something right. And if you look at, um, you know, looking at his numbers during the, uh, during the season, he shot 32% from there in the regular season. So, I mean, obviously, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a big bit, big difference. And I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to be – he's the staple of the defense, right? And that's something with LeBron – I think, you know, I know we saw in, in his Miami days that he didn't really pay too much attention to in Cleveland in terms of trying to step up and be more of a defensive uh, leader, I would say. I mean, he's always had it in him, but um, he seemed like he was kind of, you know, reserving his, his energy for the playoffs. And he did that with the Lakers now. And you, you've seen that with him. He, you know, he took on the challenge of guarding um, the opposing team's best player. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're in really good shape. And, you know, I, I don't want to harp on it because I know we've, we've talked about not us specifically, but – um, on our podcast network, a lot about the, the moves that the Palenka made, you know, getting in uh, Dennis Schroeder, getting in uh, Wesley Matthews and, and, and bringing in guys who really are going to elevate the roster compared to what it was last season. And, and even then they, they, they won a championship. Um, 
So when, when you're the, one more question about Anthony Davis, when you're looking at his, the growth and, and the maturity in his game, how much do you attribute that to LeBron? Cause I, I look at it and think, you know, when you, when you, when he was playing on the Pelicans, uh, like I said, they had that one good year with, with uh, they made the playoffs. I think they swept Portland in the first round and then end up losing to uh, losing to the Warriors, I believe in the second round. And then uh, they were playing pretty well with Boogie before Boogie ended up getting his injury. But, you know, being around LeBron, I think that kind of elevated his not not just his his game, but his mental state, right? And I think that's that's the thing I've found from you know going to practices and uh, going to Lakers games and and getting to talk to LeBron and interviewing LeBron. Like it's not he physically, yeah, the guy's a, a machine. I mean, he's he's one in one in a billion, really. We look at the way he's he's built, but it's the mental thing. And and how much of an impact do you think you know picking LeBron's brain and being around somebody who is who is so. Um, enamored with being great and enamored with being the best at, at, who, to ever play. How much do you think that, that rubbed off on Anthony Davis last season? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the, what it was more, I'm, I'm sure it helped a little bit because having a guy that has won as often and won the things that LeBron James has is obviously valuable for a player like Anthony Davis, who as talented as he is, has not had as much success, uh, in the NBA, at least from a championship standpoint. Um, but I think what it was with AD more than anything was having somebody else that was as hungry to win as he was. I yeah. think that's the message he had even after winning the championship. And he, you know, I don't have his quote exactly, but it was more or less, you know, this is, this is why I came to the Lakers. This is, this is why I'm here. I want to be part of a winning organization with winning players, because this is what I want to do. And if you put a player talented as him, as driven as him in a situation like that, I, I think he's going to deliver. And we saw that in the playoffs. So yeah, I think having somebody that can re relate to Anthony Davis on a personal level coming in as a, you know, very hyped prospect and number one overall pick um, somebody that has expectations to live up to and, and, you know, LeBron being in his position before saying like, well, I know I'm good. I know I'm great. I will be in every MVP conversation, every defensive player of the year conversation. I'll always be in those conversations. But until I win a ring, it doesn't mean anything. And I think LeBron wanted it for him as much as he wanted it for himself. And I think that relationship uh, went a long way and it's going to continue to go a long way. Because again, we're talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the most talented players in the NBA on the Lakers for the next at least four years. So I'm excited. It's, it's kind of like our relationship, right? Christian working for SB Nation together, right? I mean, they bought us together. <laughs> Look, good things are happening. You know what I mean? Page views are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you wrote about this uh, for, for silverscreenandroll.com. Uh, the Kyle Kuzma, you know, kind of he's in limbo right now. Uh, you, you wrote a nice piece about it. If, again, if you can't check it out, go to silverscreenroll.com. But you mentioned um, extending Kyle Kuzma should be kind of a, the priority for the Lakers. Now that they got they're you know, they're kind of, they're set with AD, they're set with LeBron. They, they, they know they've got their kind of their roots of, of what the team's going to look like for the next several seasons. But when you look around them, why do you think it's important that, that, that they get Kuz done sooner than later? Yeah, I think before AD and LeBron made the commitments they did, the, overwhelming expectation around the league was that the Lakers were preserving their cap space for 2021. Obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo's the big fish in that, in that free agency pond, if you will. But 
I mean, even if Giannis resigns to Supermax in Milwaukee, you have people like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, I mean, you can argue those ships have sailed, but it's a possibility. Um, Drew Holiday, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, um, just a bunch of guys that the Lakers, I'm sure, would be thrilled to have on their team and pair alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But the only way they would have been able to do to do that, at least with the max guys, is for one of AD and LeBron James to take a pay cut. I don't know if you looked at those numbers, uh, but neither LeBron James and Anthony Davis are taking a pay cut next season. They yeah. will not have room for a max guy uh, to sign. So if, if you're going to improve the roster while LeBron James and Anthony Davis are under contract with their massive contracts, uh, all, all earned, by the way, you can, you can have a massive contract and, and earn it. Not every contract is like a John Wall or, you know, I, I don't want to say Russell Westbrook. I think he's still, I still, I think he's still pretty good, but you know, contracts of that magnitude that are viewed as bad around the league to the point where they have to be traded for each other. But I digress. Well, the, you know, <laughs> the, I was going to make, I was going to make funny, but yeah, I continue with your point. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, the, the only way they're going to be able to do that with those, the, the, improve their roster with those contracts on their books. And in addition to Luol Deng's dead cap, in addition to Contavious Caldwell Pope's uh, contract, which is also on their books until the, through 2023. Uh, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to retain your free agents on, you know, multi-million dollar contracts. So say Kyle Kuzma signs a $12 million deal. I think that's ultimately the cap where I'd be comfortable re-signing him to an extension. I don't know if he agrees, but let's just say 12 12 million. You have that $12 million contract in addition to KCP's contract, in addition to one of Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, or Marquise Morris, who the Lakers, given their financial situation, will prioritize uh, next summer, assuming free agency is normal in the summer again. Um, those contracts will be able, in theory, to be used in a trade down the line. And if you're looking at those from a team-friendly contract perspective and in terms of an upside perspective, Kuzma is probably your biggest asset. Maybe not because he's better than Dennis Schroeder. I think it's obvious Dennis Schroeder is a better player. But there is no guarantee that Dennis Schroeder is going to resign with you next season. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, whereas Kyle Kuzma is going to be eligible for an extension. If not, if, if they can't agree to terms on the extension, uh, they can match any offer for him in a restricted free agency. And at this point, given everything that's happened, I think they will. If you had asked me yesterday or, or, or two days ago if re-signing Kyle Kuzma to an extension or in restricted free agency was a priority for the Lakers, I would have said no. Things have changed since. Okay. Uh, well, before we hit the break, I'm going to ask you this question. Over, under, and how many years Kuz spends with the Lakers? I'm gonna, I'll set it at, at three and a half. What do you think? More or less? I, I, think it's, I think it's two. I think it's less than two. Okay. And you think he'll kind of be on the go after that or they'll look to trade him or you think he'll just sign a short-term deal then, then, you know, be on his merry way. No, I, I, I think they'll, I think they'll try to trade him. I think, I mean, the, in an ideal role world and in Kuz's world, you'd work a sign in trade next summer so he can get paid and play somewhere. But 
once you once you do a sign and trade, you activate the hard cap and we've seen firsthand this season how difficult it is to work under that hard cap. The Lakers don't want to put themselves in that position. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think he'll either sign an extension or sign as a restricted free agent. And then either at the trade deadline, the same season, next season, um, I think he's gone. Okay. There you guys, you heard it here first. Christian Rivas saying that, uh, Kyle Kuzma gone. And if he's not, then he's going to, Christian's going to sit here and say, I told you guys in the side long-term. So either way, don't listen to a word this man is saying. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, I want to jump into a couple more topics. We'll do that in about one minute. All right, and we are back. Uh, Christian, wanted to jump into some more things with you. This whole NBA season that we're looking at, I mean, uh, you know, we're 19 days away right now as of, as of Thursday, December 3rd, from uh, opening, opening night. And we know that, you know, tentatively they've scheduled Lakers, uh, Clippers for, for the, the nightcap. Um, how do you think this is all going to play out? Because I know people are saying, well, look, the, the NFL, and they have done a pretty damn good job of, of you know, getting the season or keeping the season rolling even with all of the, the positive COVID tests and, and I'm sure Baltimore Ravens fans, I'm, I'm a 49ers guy. I can complain about the fact that they were missing, you know, 60% of their starting offense when they played the Packers uh, a few weeks ago, but it, they're doing the best they can under the circumstances, just like everybody else in the world. But I'm looking at the way the NBA is going to handle this. And you look at the, the, the differences between how the NBA sets up compared to the NFL. Well, in the NBA, and they're playing a 70, a condensed 72 game schedule. So you're looking at, a, you know, a lot more back-to-backs than we would, under, under normal circumstances. So you can miss up to four games in a week if, you're, if you test positive or you have a false positive or you're, you're right. close contact. Um, now, a team like the Lakers, unless it happens to both Anthony Davis and LeBron James at the same time, you're probably going to be okay. Uh, look at a team like the Warriors who, you know, Steph Curry and, and Draymond Green or, or Steph Curry, you know, ends up getting a positive test. He's gone for two weeks. That's eight games uh, off the schedule. How do you think the NBA is going to be able to handle this going forward? Because I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, you know, if you're a team who has one or two stars and, and you're kind of, you know, maybe hoping to get into that top eight and you're hoping to get in the playoffs and you lose these guys for two weeks and you're missing them for eight games on top of that, obviously we have to account for injuries, which are always a big factor in, in, in any sports league. But how do you think the NBA is going to be able to handle this? Do you, do you anticipate any major issues going on? Because we're nowhere near – uh, as a country, the coronavirus is still going damn strong. We know that too, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a reason they're playing games in half. There's a reason the schedule is being released in halves. It, the NBA is anticipating that things will go wrong, and they're preparing for it as much as they can. If you know, team, if games have to be postponed, then they're going to be played in that. If, I, I believe in that. A break that that what's usually the all-star break and it won't be this season because what's the point of having an all-star game if nobody can go to it yeah um it's either that or or the second half of the schedule is when they're going to uh push those games that teams weren't able to play i forget point is uh i think they're bracing themselves for the worst but i think given what we know about the virus given the precautions we know or at least the NBA knows it can and and will take to minimize the risk of of not just the players but the coaches and the training staff and you know anybody that is, is involved in the whole operation i think they're going to be cautious but again there's only so much you can do once a player is out of your eyesight what they do on their private time or 
where they go when when they're not part of the team is is out of their hands i'm sure that so a few things that should be noted the nba has announced that the quote unquote snitch line that was in the <laughs> bubble will be active once again uh, i don't know how many people actually used it in the bubble i can guess one player and his name is uh chris paul but <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's uh <laughs> Neither well, Chris Paul's the Anthony Irwin of the stitch line with us with silver screen and roll, right? I mean, Harrison's <laughs> running it, and Anthony's always ratting us out for doing crazy things. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I think is interesting, and and it it doesn't just speak to, you know, the COVID pandemic, but just the situation that the NBA is coming back in. Um, I mean, with with teams like the Lakers and Heat, who only played the NBA finals less than two months ago. Um, It's crazy. This whole season is going to be nuts, but in an effort to minimize the risk involved with injury, at least in that regard, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported today that the league's active player list for games uh, is in discussion of, of being moved up from 13 to 15. Uh, What's funny about that though, to bring it back around to the Lakers is, Right now, the Lakers only have 13 players on the roster. So even if they, if they increase it to 15 players, um, I mean, I should clarify. They have 13 guaranteed contracts, the legitimate NBA contracts on their roster, plus the two-way contracts of Devontae Kaycock and Costa uh, Simonsacumpo. So it, I, the, the thing that interests me with the Lakers is this season, especially for teams like them, that did play games in October is going to be all about depth. And they probably have the least depth. I mean, they literally have the minimum amount that you can have for guaranteed contracts on their roster right now. So uh, I am very, very interested to see how they manage that with, with LeBron, obviously 35, about to be 36 years old in a few weeks uh, and Anthony Davis. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? I expect that there will be days Woj drops uh, just nukes on everybody when it comes to teams testing positive or games being postponed, but I think they'll finish the season. Yeah, I, I think they'll get through it. I, I, and I, you know, you're going back to what you were saying, what guys are doing in their, in their private time. I think you're going to have some issues with younger players, right? Right. Um, you know, older guys, I, I think they'll be a little bit more smart about it, um, trying not to, you know, trying not to, be too involved and 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 you know meeting up in big crowds where young guys yeah man if you got 10 million dollars in your bank account and you're sitting there bored on a friday night you got nothing to do you're probably gonna want to go you know what i mean have a good time so i don't blame them at 24 25 probably obviously not the responsible choice but i do think we're gonna run into into some issues and i agree with you i mean if you look at how the ml the uh, mlb you know with the dodgers winning it and and they they kind of got through it you know pretty unscathed for the for the most part um and the nfl like i said people can complain about Oh yeah, you know they're they're uh, not taking enough uh, precautions, and they should cancel. It's like no, they're doing the best they can. The players want to earn their money. The owners are running their business. They want to get some some cash coming in too. So I think they're doing the best that they can. And the NBA, really, out of the four leagues, has shown since Adam Silver particularly took over, they are at the forefront in terms of you know technology and 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 dealing with these things and and being open to adapting to different circumstances. So I, I'm with you. I think they'll get the, I think they'll be able to get things off without a hitch. Now the winter time, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, never mind. Um, you know, just, just talking about in, in the, in the United States, but you're going to deal with, it's going to be a rough couple of months. And, and I think you're going to see some guys dropping off 
uh, maybe having to sit off because of positive tests, whether they're asymptomatic or, um, you know, they have to miss some time because they were in contact with someone. I just think prepare for that and it's going to happen. But ultimately, I don't think it'll have an impact on, on the final standings. Like the best 16 teams will get into the playoffs. And which kind of brings me to, to where I want to wrap up. If you're looking at the, the Western Conference right now, um, it's loaded, right? I mean, it, it, I, ESPN, I don't know if you saw this, Kevin Pelton put his projections up for wins. Uh, I was shocked to see him have the Warriors towards the bottom of the conference. But I'm looking at it, you know, from my point of view, I would say the bottom three teams are most likely going to be OKC, uh, Sacramento, and San Antonio. And then I would say the Timberwolves are going to be there. But who do you have taking the eight spots, the eight playoff spots in the West? Assuming, again, assuming everything goes uh, according to plan in terms of health and, and, uh, and the COVID stuff, which, again, we, we know that that's going to have some sort of um, effect on, on what ends up happening, you know, in the long term with the games. But who are your top eight teams in the Western Conference right now? Let, let's go from one through eight. How, how do you have it sorted out? Oh, okay. One through eight. I can tell you who I think are locks. Okay. I'll, I'll start with who I think will win the Western Conference, and I think that's the Lakers. I think I didn't feel that way last season. Uh, maybe I was ignorant to believe they wouldn't with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I just thought there were teams with more continuity and, and a more balanced roster than the Lakers had last season. So uh, this year, I will not make the same mistake. I think the Lakers are going to finish first in the Western Conference. Second, I think we'll probably go to the Clippers again, uh, followed by the Nuggets and then mm, the Mavericks. The Trailblazers, huh, huh. the Suns, so I'm at six. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, God, that's when it just gets it, – it's anybody's ball game. I don't think the Thunder are going to make the playoffs. So the Thunder and Rockets are the two teams that I have not listed yet that I think will be in the postseason – or the sorry – that I don't know will be in the postseason that were in the postseason last season. Um, if John Wall looks even remotely healthy, I think they have enough talent to crack the playoffs. So maybe they're the eighth seed. Um, but I mean, beyond that, I think if Steph is nuclear nuclear again and stays healthy, I think the Warriors probably sneak in at the the seventh or eighth seed. But uh, so yeah, I get. I guess those are. That's my final answer. It's Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, uh, Trailblazers, Jazz, Suns, and then, boy, yeah, I, I guess the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I was super disappointed when I saw Clay got hurt because I was yes. looking forward to a fully loaded. Like I, I feel like a Lakers Warriors series with Clay, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Andrew Wiggins, and, and if they would have been able to get Kelly Oubre, you got James. Well, I think that just would have been, as a basketball guy, I would have loved to have seen that. You know what I mean? I mean, yes. that, that would have been fantastic. So I, I, I agree with you. I think the Warriors dropped down. But my, my top four look exactly the same as yours. I got Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and then Dallas, because I think Luka is going to take another step in, in his development. Yeah, and that's where it gets kind of interesting. I, I would say at number five, I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns. I, I think that uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul – uh, DeAndre Aiden, I, I think that's that's if not the top two or three, but the three like one of the best in the league, I would say trios that you yeah. have at the top of a roster. And then I would go with I'm gonna take Portland at six. Um, 
New Orleans at seven. And then I'm going to go with the Warriors at eight. So I have Utah, Houston, and OKC moving out of the playoff picture. So you're, you're not too high on the Pelicans. Huh? You don't think they're going to take that much of a leap this year? Or do you think they'll be contending for the top eight, but just miss it, like just fall short? Well, the play-in tournament's going to be really easy. Uh, or sorry, uh, interesting, not easy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they'll probably contend for a, for a play-in spot. A play-off spot, I think it would take a pretty large leap from Lonzo Ball or somebody else on the roster. Uh, I think Steven Adams is going to be big for them, but yeah. I think spacing is, is just a big issue for me with them. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, obviously, I, I think Brandon Ingram's an incredible talent. Uh, and Zion has the capacity to be in the right situation. I just don't, don't know if the personnel they have around him is, is the right personnel. But uh, they're, they're going mean, to be fun to watch. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, they are think, oh, I most mean, definitely. I, the Western Conference is is just going to be a freaking bloodbath this year. Like it's going to be yeah. awesome, awesome <laughs> to watch. You know what I mean? And, and and for guys like us who you can put me in front of a television to watch watch basketball for twelve hours and and I'm thrilled. You know what I mean? So I guess we chose the right field. So we're we're, we're okay in that regard. Uh, we'll wrap we'll wrap up on this. Um, so you you you've said that the COVID stuff and and you don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. Uh, even let's get into a little bit of this before we before we finish up here. How long do you think before the vaccine's out and you know enough people who want to take it? We're not going to jump into the anti-vax people. I'm not going to get into the whole political debate about it. But how long do you think there will be fans allowed into buildings at some point this season, even for even if it's for playoffs, or are we looking at the 2021-22 season to get back to some normalcy? Oh, that's um, ooh. I think if I, so to your, to your first question, I think by the beginning of the summer, I think anybody who wants a vaccine will be able to get one. That's my, that may be wishful thinking, but that's my hope. Um, I think what will end up happening with fans in stadiums, and this is just my uneducated uh, guess is they'll probably make it a requirement that whoever goes into stadiums has the vaccine. I know that's something that Golden Voice has been tinkering with and, and caused a bit of controversy. Uh, that'll be a thing. And I also think limited stadium capacity, even in spite of the vaccine, will be a thing. So I think I think there's a good chance we'll have fans in stadiums by the postseason and obviously you know what are the olympics without all of the fans and all the all of the people in the stands so i think uh if if, if i were to circle a date or a timeline of when i think everyone who wants to be vaccinated and when and when fans will be back in stadiums it is in that olympic cushion i think that's a that's a big event that that you know people will want to be vaccinated for i guess yeah, I, I, I think we're looking at, you know, again, I'm the same as you. I have, I have no clue about this in terms from a scientific perspective or, or how they would, you know, logistically distribute everything. I, I'm looking at probably been May, June, and I think that the NBA will, will have some limited fans in there where they have to prove, you know, have some 
proof of vaccination in order to get in. But uh, I think maybe by the end of the playoffs, we, we might be able to see some fans getting like a, a lot more fans than what we're, we're going to be used to seeing when the season starts off. Either way, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an NBA season, really, like we've never seen before in terms of all the, right. <laughs> uh, you know, people going on the, the reserve COVID list, people, you know, miss, missing time because of uh, uh, possible, you know, close uh, – uh, close positive cases where they were in contact with someone. So either way, it's going to be fun. But we do know this. The Lakers are loaded. And if all things go to plan, they should be walking away with another Larry Bryant trophy next season. <laughs> uh, that does it for this episode. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to our Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And you can also catch us at silverscreenroll.com. Uh, the man on with me today, Christian Harrison, Sabrina, the whole crew has you covered as we lead up to the tip-off of the season coming up less than three weeks from now. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all again next week. Thank you.